Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Early to bed. Go to Early Line with Joe Raineri and Dane Martinez. Line up, ladies! All right, people, here we go. Let's go. Hour number two here on the Early Line. Uh, conferences, conferences, college basketball, more conferences. All getting ready to go. It is the single biggest day so far of the conference tournaments as it's opening day for a lot of them, the SEC. Of course, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the Big 12, all getting ready to embark on uh, crowning a champion and, of course, leading right into Sunday, which is going to be Selection Day. We'll know the matchup Sunday night, and then come Monday, it's a matter of filling out brackets, and uh, we'll help you make some money along the way. I also want to mention, because it got lost with the coronavirus and everything else and all the announcements yesterday with, with the Ivy League canceling and all, you know, are we playing, are we not playing? Uh, but they are playing in Illinois, guys, as uh, their first bets uh, have uh, have gone ahead and taken place. Illinois went ahead, of course. They were uh, one of the states over the last couple of months that passed uh, legal sports uh, sports betting there. So uh, the casino in, uh, in Illinois opened up, the Rivers Casino, uh, has gone ahead and uh, taken its uh, very first bet yesterday, the action. Listen, Illinois is a huge sports market guys uh, when yeah. you think of Chicago and Chicago. you think about everything that's going on in Illinois it is a big big time market certainly for teams and with teams means betting and with pro teams college teams a lot of passionate sports fans in Illinois so uh, welcome into the grid those of you in Illinois making the bets here Dane it's a uh, it's a good time of year to go ahead and uh, and legalize sports betting yeah that sounds awesome and then Joe as we start the baseball season more people that will want to know every day is the wind blowing out in Wrigley. Right. Yes. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. 15th. So I believe they are now right? the one, two, they are the 15th state to go live uh, with, and they're, and they're projecting, get a load of this. They're projecting anywhere between 400 to 600 million in revenue. That is, is a monster number and just goes to show you how excited they are in Illinois and I could say it's probably going to be a much closer to that 600 million mark in the first year and heck it's March but it's a good time of year to get the ball rolling there in Illinois congratulations we'll dive into some of these conferences but first get Dan Straffin and all the headlines that happen overnight in the world of sports here on the grid And Anthony Davis, three, did not fall, and the Brooklyn Nets got by the Los Angeles Lakers, 104-102. LeBron James playing through some wrist soreness at 29 points, 12 rebounds, 9 assists in the loss as the Nets pull out the squeaker. Luka Doncic, 38 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals as the Mavericks fall to the San Antonio Spurs, 119-109. James Harden and that small ball lineup for the Houston Rockets that had faltered over the past few games got righted with a 117-111 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. 37 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, and a block for the Beard. He went 5 of 10 
from three-point range. And Bradley Beal, 39 points, seven assists, three steals, three rebounds as the Washington Wizards got by the Knicks 122 to 115 in a battle of the basement of the Eastern Conference. As we continue to track Devin Booker, he took a hard fall and landed on his right hip and left Tuesday's game late after scoring 29 points with six boards. We'll see whether or not Booker misses some time after that fall. After the Ivy League canceled their postseason basketball tournaments due to the ongoing coronavirus spread, the Mid-American Conference on Tuesday announced a restricted attendance policy for its men's and women's postseason tournaments in Cleveland, closing both events to the general public. The decision came hours after Ohio Governor Mike DeWine recommended that sporting events at indoor facilities in the state take place without spectators. Washington Governor Jay Inslee on Wednesday will announce a ban on gatherings and events of more than 250 people in virtually the entire Seattle metro area to try to stop the spread. Evan Drellick of The Athletic reporting that the Mariners may play their season opening series against the Rangers in Peoria, Arizona due to that announcement. Gary Sanchez missed batting practice on Tuesday with what the team is calling a fever and the flu. And a fun story out of baseball and the NHL, Larry Walker, the longtime Colorado Rockies outfielder who was voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, will serve as the Colorado Avalanche's honorary emergency goalie in Sunday night's game against the Las Vegas Golden Knights. I'm Dan Strapper, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Very much, uh, Dan. And uh, yeah, it is a uh, crazy, and I mean crazy, time of year because not even uh, not not do we have college basketball coming out our nose here over the next couple of weeks. The the NBA about 18, 19 games left for teams before the playoffs start. The NHL five games tonight. They too are in the home stretch here as they uh, will begin Stanley Cup playoffs. And let us not forget, of course, this is the unofficial fifth major in uh, in the PGA Tour this weekend, the Players Championship. And we always like to say, want to. Treat it like a market, because that's exactly what it is, sports investing. It is a market, and the more you can diversify, yeah, the little better you are. We, of course, uh, told you yesterday, we brought on our good friend Charles Michel, yeah, uh, who, uh, who covers the Champions League and, and Premier Leagues and soccer, European soccer, and uh, he nailed the, uh, the win yesterday. We got another game here today. But also, do not forget about the uh, the PGA Tour. Plenty of ways to be able to make money during major season. And this is as close as you get before the Masters starts. And there is one or two guys, Dane, that I've already bet that you, you just have to put some money down, guys, and, and see where it goes because they are in about as good a shape as they have ever been. And it's a guy that you and I have talked about as they get ready to tee it up tomorrow in, uh, in Ponte Verde, Florida. Bryson DeChambeau, Dane, is in the 20 range. And guys, this dude, he's got three top fives in the last four weeks. If anybody has a shot of really taking it to the next level and playing up, the world's top 50 minus two. So the world, 48 of the world's top 50 are here at this tournament. It is treated just like a major. And as an opportunity, guys, some dudes with monster numbers, Gary Woodland, U.S. Open champ. 60 to 1. If it wasn't for a a back nine on Saturday at the Honda Classic, he finished top 10 there and he blew it up on Saturday, but he had three out of four great rounds. Shane Lowry's a top 25 player in the world, guys, and he's almost 100 to 1. Uh, and wow. this is a guy, too, that has what has he done this year? Six top wow. 30 finishes in his last seven starts. So there is some money to be made in this tournament besides just the chalk of the Rory's of the world. Like we said, Dustin Johnson, there are guys 
uh, that you know very well that have great numbers, but maybe nobody more impressive than Bryson DeChambeau right now. Put put a couple of bucks on Bryson DeChambeau. You can thank me on Monday. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy we have been talking about, right? He tinkers with his game a lot, was in his yep. own head a little bit, but is still very, very young and was highly thought of, you know, kind of coming out of college, right? Yep. So if he puts it all together, he can be a dominant force on the tour, and he's in good form. But one other name I'll throw out, Joe, and he looks like he's at 26-1 to 1 this week. Who's in better form right now, Joe, than Sung J M? You know, and he's and I see him at 26 to one. He may be worth a little top five uh, play as well. Yep, absolutely. I mean, you've got some, you know, don't sleep on Sergio, guys, who's won this tournament before. And, you know, these, this is the kind of tournament where guys who have been there and done that, it it helps a lot. So a lot of major winners in this uh, 48 of the 50, the world's best. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch some of the golf. But some of the names are definitely <laughs> Uh, some of these bets you got to make, guys, because if they turn out and hold that cup on Sunday night and we're like, damn, I can't believe I didn't play it, we told you. Monday, being it's like, good. yeah, we hit 35 to 1. Is this the course with the Island Green on 17? That's Joe? the one. Yep, 17 okay. Island Green. Yep. Ponte Verde. <laughs> absolutely. TPC Sawgrass. And also a lot of the guys that have done well on the Florida swing. These are Florida Greens, Bermuda Grass. Sure. A lot of guys who live here, and they love this golf course, and they love these greens, but it's a, it's like a major. It's set up like a major, and you get to that 17th hole. How much fun is it, Dane, over here to watch you on a Sunday? Guys just choke it up and just drop it into the water. It's a 103-yard hole. Yeah. <laughs> and the wind blows in the mess. Someone yeah, from the some... first page of the leaderboard is going to go right in the water and Absolutely. so end their chances. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. And it's going to be so much fun to watch, too. So a couple of names to throw out there for you in the world of golf. Uh, do not forget, of course, uh, NBA tonight with five games on tap and uh, some interesting games, too, to say the least here, Dan, is the Bulls and Magic. Can the Magic continue their magical ride, really? I mean, what are we looking at here with... Uh, the Mad, they've won three games on the road now. They took care of Memphis, come back tonight. They are at home taking on the Bulls. You've got the uh, you've got the Celtics. No, I'm sorry, that's tomorrow night. Let, let me get the right date on. The Knicks taking on the Hawks, rather. You've got the uh, the New York Knicks coming up on a uh, on a back-to-back. You've got the Sixers finally at home taking on a team that they might be able to beat tonight, even without Simmons and Bede in the Pistons. Miami's at home taking on the Hornets. And then you start getting these West Coast games, which I find fascinating. The Jazz versus Oklahoma City uh, tonight. The Nuggets versus Dallas. And then, of course, the Pelicans taking on suddenly the red-hot Sacramento King. Sacramento is chasing New Orleans for that eight seed. So the Western Conference tonight, those late games, a lot of intrigue. I can't wait to see the numbers that come out. I don't know if any of them are posted at FanDuel. A lot of question marks on health and who's playing. But there are some great games tonight. Yeah, not a lot of lines out just yet on the NBA because of injuries and things of that nature. I am looking at this Jazz Thunder game, Joe. You know, these are two teams towards the bottom half of the playoff race out west. And, you know, we've seen the Jazz, you know, sort of stumbling recently. I thought they could get it done against Toronto at home, but that didn't happen a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. Now they go on the road to a Thunder team. We'll see if Donovan Mitchell, um, you know, Rudy Gobert and the crew can get it done tonight.
Yeah, as uh, there's going to be six games in total, guys. Uh, the Hawks, I am seeing, does have a line here. They are a favorite again, laying four, four and a half against the Knicks. 230 is the uh, is the total there, and uh, New Orleans is getting uh, is laying a point and a half on the road in Sacramento. We'll break down those games plus a lot more conference games coming up next here on the grid. It is the early line, Fortridge.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back in here to the grid. It is the early line. Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez as we look to get you uh, ready for 31 conference games here in college basketball today. We got, uh, we got five in the NBA, uh, six in the NBA, five in, uh, of course, the uh, NHL. And uh, we've got them as early as beginning 1130 a.m. East Coast time. Uh, you've got uh, Weber State taking on Sac State there in the big sky. And then the ACC right behind that at noon with Miami and Clemson. We'll get to that game in a minute. But there are a couple of movers and shakers in the marketplace early this morning on the hardwood. A couple of games will break down for you uh, because obviously these moves are coming from what appears to be the uh, professional side. And uh, one of the great strategies of handicapping is to follow the money. Uh, it is a market uh, just like any other market. So there's an opportunity to read a little bit into what you are seeing from the market movements. And one game today at 3 o'clock in the Pac-12 has a lot of uh, interest here, and it's the Utah versus Oregon State matchup here. Now, the Pac-12, that's at the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. We just watched, of course, uh, you know, we, we watched a few teams there in the T-Mobile Arena. Uh, probably last night we watched the Zags take on St. Mary's in this arena. Uh, I'm sorry, they were at Orleans, but we watched San Diego State. We watched, uh, of course, uh, you know, we watched the... Um, uh, that conference over there be able to take it down. But between Orleans and uh, and and the T-Mobile Arena, Vegas is busting, and it's going to continue to uh, bustle here. No word on fan interaction or anything along those lines yet regarding the coronavirus, but uh, Vegas is, uh, let's, shall we say, a hotbed of tournament action, <laughs> of course, and uh, a lot of other things going on there as we get ready uh, to embark here today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and by the way, the Golden Knights are playing in this arena. So it is a, it's a great right. arena in there, and the Golden Knights are, uh, are a fan favorite to the locals. But you've got two teams now in the Pac-12 coming up, Utah, Oregon State. Both finished 7-11 in conference play. Now, Utah won their last game, and it was a great game against Colorado, one that many, they were a three-point dog. Not many people thought they would. They beat Colorado 74-72. That ended a two-game losing streak. So recent form, they ended on a high note. Oregon State won its last two games. They also trashed Cal in that final game. They were a nine-point favorite. They won 74-56. to 56. 
So this line opens up with Oregon State as a two and a half point favorite. Well, it's gone and up. then I watched it jump all the way up to three, three and a half in, in some places here. I can tell you Ken Palm uh, has the Oregon State Beavers listed as the 87th team in the country, while Utah is 111th. And they also have Oregon State winning this game by three points, 71 to 68. Both of these teams split the season. Uh, Utah won 81-69 on ja in January, while Oregon won 70-51 on February. But Oregon State is getting the early love here, and Ken Palm seems to be backing that up and saying, yeah, we, we've got a big difference between the quality of two teams here. Yeah, I mean, uh, over on some books, it's even as high as four now, Joe. Wow. Okay, so it has <laughs> moved, what, a point and a half, let's say, yeah. and as you say, all the time. I I actually want to ask you this. The movement overnight, right? We know that sharp movement. Right. Is it even more... This game is being played in Vegas. You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, does that even add more to, like, the Sharps looking at this game, potentially, because it's in their own backyard? Might they have even other kinds of information? You know, when I see a point-and-a-half movement overnight, and it's happening right there in the backyard... Follow the money seems right to the nth degree. What I find interesting is I see the total at 135 and a half, and it seems yep. like they've played multiple times, once in the 150s, once in the 120s, but will the yep. pressure, will the third time around, does that make it skew a little bit lower, potentially? Well, it's interesting. Oregon State is one of the better offensive teams, actually, in the Pac-12. They are they love bombing away, man. They can hit from three from oh, anywhere in long range. Yes, but... They are also an extremely slow-paced uh, team in the Pac-12. So they, in fact, they were 12th in the Pac-12 in tempo, 11th in average time per possession. So this is a uh, Oregon State Beavers team that takes their time. They love the three-point shot, uh, and their trouble, of course, comes in when they aren't making those shots, which brings in neutral court, different yep. scene, different situation, a little bit harder for teams that like to throw it uh, up from behind the arc as opposed to teams that like the paint. Utah is a much faster team. Uh, eighth in tempo, ninth in average possession length in the Pac-12. Depending on who, you know, who, um, who dictates the pace here, and I, I think Oregon State is going to, um, this is one of those games early in the afternoon on the West Coast. It's three, uh, I believe it's three o'clock on the East Coast, so noon on the West Coast. Watch the under in this game here, Dane, because um, I do think Oregon State is the one that's going to dictate. And if they're not hitting 60% from behind the arc, uh, this could very well hit the under. I don't think Utah's got a chance. I love the number at three. And apparently, uh, you may want to hop on it sooner rather than later because the, uh, the pros have already telling you which side that they're on early on. Yeah, and it's interesting when you mentioned the pace of play there for the Beavers and the fact that they've got to be able to hit their threes. We've talked yep. about this. We talked about it with the Wizards game last night. So much has to go right for them to hit it. So this could be an underplay. I'm looking at 135 and a half, and the Beavers are now laying four in the T-Mobile yep. Arena in Vegas today. Yep, definitely worth taking a look at here, guys, early this afternoon. Late tonight, uh, Conference USA is another big mover here. Uh, UTEP. Uh, University of Texas, El Paso, taking on Marshall in a Conference USA game. This is going to be an interesting enough. Conference USA is playing at the Ford Center in Frisco, Texas, which 
Do I need to explain to you who has a home court advantage there at the University of Texas El Paso as they play Marshall from West Virginia? Uh, both teams <clears throat> playing actually really good heading into this game, Dan. Uh, UTEP's good. won four straight. They beat Rice as a three-point dog their last game. Marshall won four of its last five, including uh, taking on uh, Texas San Antonio as a one-point dog and won that game. So Marshall opens up as a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and I'm seeing two-thirds. I'm seeing a lot of people. There's a lot of bets backing Marshall here, but I'm watching okay. this line fall, Dane. Uh, I'm watching it to two. I, I even see one-and-a-halves out there. So that's a little reverse line movement, which means the, you know, the pros, they're backing the dog here, even though they got a little home court advantage, University of Texas El Paso getting some love here at, at plus two and a half to open. Yeah, I see them getting two as well. And we talk about this all the time in the tournament setting. You have to see uh, if one of these teams are really a lot closer to home, right? Yeah. Because fans travel, what the energy in the building, that sort of thing. Remember, motivation is part of what we try to handicap here when we're looking at which way to lean. So the fact that this is in Frisco, Texas, as you mentioned, could be yep. a nice little feather in the cap for UTEP tonight. And, they're and getting I get it. You're looking at Marshall. It's a revenge game. for. Uh, they also played each other back on February 15th. Of course, Marshall uh, won that game 71-61. to So you're going to look at the public saying Marshall's the better team. They're a yeah. higher seed. They've already beat them. But the reality is... <laughs> The pros seem to think that uh, you should be going the other way, backing the underdog. Ken Palm has this game by Marshall winning by two points. So it is really there you go. a toss-up between these two teams. So the hook, keep an eye on that hook, guys. That could mean, you know, there's a big difference between one and one and a half, Dane. That's the difference between a push and a loss in, in, a, in a one or two-point game. So keep an eye on what happens in this matchup. I think that's going to be good. 10 o'clock Eastern. Seven o'clock, obviously, on uh, well, actually, I'm sorry, nine o'clock, because uh, I think it's only an hour in Texas. Yeah, yeah so it's not out west, but also, this is one of the later games, Joe, right? Yes. So, you've got all day to see some of the indications, some of the movement, and as we always say, following the money is not a horrible strategy. Yeah, it's a, it's a matter of getting the number. You know, we always talk about closing line value, right? That's what you strive for as an investor is that where did the number end up? And where did you get it? And did you gain a couple of cents or did you lose a couple of cents? And that's really the determining factor that you should be using, not necessarily how much money you made, but did you gain any value from when you bet it versus where it closed? Were you on the right side? Were you on the wrong side? And did it win? And that's a question a lot of people are going to be asking uh, at noon today because two teams in the ACC as they kick off and congratulations to North Carolina taking care of, of uh, Virginia Tech last night. They got the win. Pitt gets the win over uh, Wake Forest, so they advance. And now you got Miami Clemson at noon here today at the Greensboro Coliseum in North Carolina. Uh, you've got two teams I can't figure out all season long. Clemson, uh, not good down the stretch. Miami seemed to put it together a little bit towards the uh, towards the end here. You've got a nine seed right with Miami, an eight seed with Clemson. Yep. They both not great records. Nine and eleven for Clemson in conference. Seven and thirteen for um, you know for uh, for Clemson uh, for Miami. I, this is such a tough game. But you know what? The line tells you everything you need to know here. It's a it's a a bucket at most here, Dane. Uh, coming into this game here. And I don't know who I trust least 
uh, Jim Laranega and the University of Miami or what Clemson has been putting on the court here the last, the last two weeks of the season. This is a tough matchup, even though Miami actually won uh, the last regular season matchup against them on the road in Clemson. So maybe a bit of a uh, revenge spot here for Clemson as well. Maybe, but at the same time, you say it's a bucket game, Joe. I'm seeing three and a half as the spread, so give me the points. And the Miami Hurricanes, you say also they seem to be putting it together, did in fact beat Clemson last time out. So, you know, when all of these things are equal and we don't know mm -hmm. a ton about the teams and they're a little bit inconsistent, give me the points, Joe. I will give you uh, two uh, two trends here to keep an eye on this game. Uh, the Miami Hurricanes, 0-4-1 against the number in their last five neutral site games, while the Tigers, 9-4 against the number in their last 13 okay. neutral site games. So some teams play better on the road. So, uh, two very confusing games. I don't like either of these two teams to do anything except beat all, each other up. Exactly correct. Exactly correct. We got more breakdowns coming your way here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. <laughs> DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back in here to the grid. It is the early line. Joe Ranieri and Dane Martinez here as we look to get you set up. 1130 Eastern time. It's funny, 1130 Eastern time. Uh, and our first game is all the way out west in uh, in Boise, Idaho, which is going to be very interesting here between Sacramento State and, uh, and Weber State. So it should be a lot of fun as we kick that off. ACC at noon with Miami and Clemson taking the court in Greensboro. And then uh, they'll start staggering in there. You're going to have, of course, uh, we'll talk about the SEC, a couple of the matchups uh, coming up a little bit later today. The Big Ten, the Big 12, we told you, with Oklahoma State and Iowa State. Uh, early to say another one of those games that I absolutely love, and I think there's value. And we mentioned, of course, the Atlantic 10, which is the home of the Dayton Flyers. Uh, they ran the table during the regular season. I don't see any reason why they won't run the table during conference uh, during the tournament here either. However, there are some matchups here, Dane, in the Atlantic 10 prior to and without having anything to do with Dayton that uh, certainly can afford us some value today. And the other the other shoe dropping during the conference tournament, guys, is that you are going to have good teams versus bad teams, right? We know that. You are also occasionally going to have terrible team versus even more terrible team. Uh, right. in some of these conference games. Right. And that's kind of what you've got <laughs> happening today with right. Fordham and George Washington. Uh, this opens up at George Washington laying three. The total is what I'm interested here at, uh, at 121 and a half, 122 is where it opened. This is going to be a disgusting, uh, do not watch this if you are trying to show somebody that, how they should get interested in basketball. This game is going to be awful to watch, Dane. It's going to be as ugly as they come, but Fordham, I, I, I'd like to see somebody argue against it, but without a doubt, the worst offense in the country, one of the worst offenses 
in the nation, all right, in all of college basketball, and that is saying something. And that's by Ken Palm, in fact. Ken Palm has them ranked as the sixth worst offensive efficient team in the country. Not good. They've got them even worse than that come conference tournament time. So when you look at a bad offensive team like Fordham going up against an even worse team in George Washington, a little better offensively, George Washington's a better defensive team than they are offensive team. But you couple that with a Fordham team that can't score as it is, Dane, I don't know how either of these teams get to 120 points to me. So the, all the value in a neutral side game, not in a neutral side. I do believe these actually, uh, I believe this is at George. This is at George Washington. No, it's at Barclays, Joe. Oh, it is at the, that's right. The Atlantic 10 is at the Barclays. Even better. Even, they don't make it to 105 and, points in this game, Dane. Not and 105. Joe, and Joe, listen, as a New Yorker, I can tell you, the lighting in Barclays is weird, Joe. It yes. just is, okay? It is oddly dark everywhere around the court, okay? So that takes a little bit of getting used to. You know what's funny? As soon as you started talking about the A-10, I actually thought, Joe, you were going to be talking about the other matchup that happens first at 1 o'clock. Again, in the Barclays Center, when you got St. Joseph's, who was 2-16 and 16 in conference, going up against George Mason, who was 5-13 and 13 in conference. And the reason I bring this up, you mentioned Fordham, right? But that total stands at 122 at last check. This St. Joe's George Mason total is 20 points higher at 144. That team's in the 70s, Joe, and I cannot stress enough. The Barclays is the most unique lighting for a big-time arena that I have ever seen. So when you have these bad teams, unfamiliar buildings, and this one is 20 points higher, I understand you're telling me Fordham is one of the worst offensive teams in the country, but I would look, especially at these games at the Barclays. If you've ever been there, you know what I am talking about. It is very odd, so if you haven't been there and shot there before and understand the depth perception and the lighting. This is a real factor, Joe. Six total wins for St. Joe's on the season. Uh, and there's a reason why, again, you've got a number 12 versus number 13 matchup in this St. Joe's battle here. Um, they've only got six wins on the season now. And they're a little bit better, George Mason, but they were able to win some out-of-conference games on the road in some neutral side settings. So that is why their record is a little bit better. They played once during the regular season. George Mason won by seven at home. George Mason is another one of these teams that wants to play ugly. It's going to be slow. It's going to be methodical. There's no not, They are going to try to beat St. Joe's up. St. Joe's, if they had their druthers, they got Ryan Daly, a kid who transferred from Delaware last year. It, he could drop 40 points by himself in this game and still not win, which is pretty much what he's done all year for St. Joe's. You're right. At 143 in this game, I don't know what the hell they're thinking. In the Barclays, with the lighting, with a George Mason team, already beat them at home and made it an ugly slog fest that went under the number. I don't see how we're going to get anything different in this game. To me, I do think this is going to be another ugly one. Most of the A-T games will be ugly, except for the Dayton Expect, of course, uh, expect a lot of unders early on here with those two games that we just gave you in the A-10. Yep, and like I said, I'm going to take this one at 144, Joe. The George Mason-St. Joe's game, that seems like too high. 
to me. I don't see yep. how, like you said, especially with a slow-paced team, and what we've said is that combination of the unfamiliar arena, and this is a specially, a specially quirky one, Joe. I've been there. It is very odd how dark it is. So I'm going to lean yep. under on this 144 for this game. Yeah, and then yeah, again, you got to look at a couple of those outside of uh, you know Dayton and uh, and Rhode Island, uh, who will uh, be able to hit some shots. Uh, do not when you look at Fordham, George W., George Mason, and of course St. Joe's. We're talking yeah. about the bottom of the pile here, guys, for a reason. In a building that is notorious for unders in this particular tournament, uh, early on, yeah, the the unders are definitely two totals that I like a lot. Um, and then we look at the SEC here tonight, uh, Dan. We finally got the SEC, uh, a team that, well, a conference that plays zero defense. Um, they are all yep. about dropping 100 points on people, on each other. Uh, and you've got a couple of uh, matchups going. Uh, and when you have a home of Kentucky and Auburn and LSU, these are all schools, Dane, that this year – we associate them with scoring and offense and you know being very athletic just like they are in football the problem is they don't play defense except for kentucky and they really are the outlier because of calipari but the rest of these schools auburn lsu no matter who wins this conference i can tell you next week there's going to be a lot of fading with me on sec teams due to the fact that they're going to have to take on some teams that know how to play defense they're not used to getting you know, cut off. They're not. They're used to getting into uh, shootouts. They're not going to get that in uh, in a lot of those matchups coming up next week. So they're a big fade to me. But Georgia and Ole Miss uh, today, a number 13 versus number 12 situation here. And Georgia, they run. They won one road game this season, Dane. One. They only won one on the road. Now again, the SEC here is. It's unique from its standpoint of they got a lot of shooters, a lot of great athletes, probably better football players than basketball players. But you can't win just one game on the road and expect to get any love, certainly from a – I can't. I look at them and I'm going, I love Georgia. I love them at home. I can't bet them on the road on any neutral site situation because they just – Tom Crean has not figured it out with this group. And it's disheartening because they got a lot of great players, but unfortunately, yeah, well, he's going to be a draft pick. Yeah, he's not going to be there much longer. So the fact that he even went to Georgia and stayed home and didn't go to Kentucky or North Carolina uh, was a win for Tom Green. But outside of him, we don't have a double-digit scorer all year on Georgia. I, I, I Like, you can't back it. It's not a big number now. What is it? Still two, two and three. a half? I see three, three for Ole Miss. No, it's moving. Like my only concern, yep. though, is if a kid like Edwards can take over this game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yes, possible? he can. But Ole Miss has been – this is a team that can is efficient from behind the arc. The Ole Miss is a team that will drop points on you. No problem. They're not going to play a whole lot of defense, but they're going to be very good from behind the arc. And the problem with Georgia is they get behind early, and because you only have one dominant scorer, they're over. So it's over before it starts. They can't come back. And in fact, what happens is they end up losing games in the second half because they don't have enough offense to counterpunch some of the teams that can score. And when you're above 50% from behind the arc, uh, Ole Miss is definitely, they should be the favorite. They are the favorite. I think that number is going to keep creeping up. So 
Uh, I love Georgia. I love Edwards. He, he needs to go. Uh, he needs to get out of there as soon as possible because, unfortunately, Tom Green and Georgia just ain't going to get the job done. But I do like uh, Ole Miss. Uh, minus three right now. Grab yep. it. It's going to keep rolling up, and then it starts to get iffy. But at minus three or less, I would take Ole Miss in this one because I don't see them getting their second road win of the season here against Ole Miss. All right, fair enough. And then the next game in the SEC after that, Joe, you got Vanderbilt and Arkansas. Yep. And this profile for me, look, Vanderbilt has three wins in conference, Joe. Okay. Yep. Whereas Arkansas has been there, you know, kind of middle of the road in the SEC. They are laying nine. But what's interesting mm -hmm. to me is this is in the Bridgestone Arena in Tennessee. Uh, could that be a little bit of a home cooking for the Commodores? It's, you know, the spread in this game is what kills me. I, I don't, I, I, it was what jumped off the page when I first saw it going nine points. Like, I don't under, like Vanderbilt, the, first of all, these teams played back in January and both of their leading scorers on both sides didn't score a point in the first half. Oh, wow. It was, it was just a very weird game. But Vanderbilt, if you look at those three wins, look at who they won. Look at who they've covered against. They've covered as double-digit dogs in, yeah. in situations that you would go, they should have lost by 30. I, by the way, this is the only team Georgia won on the road was Vanderbilt. It was the only <laughs> team they beat. So now all of a sudden they're getting nine against an Arkansas team that, uh, that to me, they were in the better, they were better in the second half. They underachieved all year, Arkansas. Vanderbilt better in the second half. I got value. Give me the value. Give me the first round jitters. Give me Vanderbilt ah. with nothing to lose. Uh, give, me give me the nine points all day in this one. Yeah, right. I'll stand with yeah. that. Yeah. If I can get this many points, I'll take the points. Yeah. This one. Okay. Over you the like number. The over. You like the SEC over. Way over. Way yeah, over in the SEC. We like the SEC over. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Plenty of conference games coming your way today, beginning 11.30 Eastern time. Get ready for it as the uh, Big Sky will kick it off. Weber State, Sacramento State, followed by the ACC, and then just start staggering them in there as, uh, as a lot of these big-time conferences begin their, uh, their tournament play right now as they try some of these bubble teams. Absolute necessity that they do well, certainly early on. We've told you about some, uh, some great... Uh, strategies heading into conference play. Certainly the early first round uh, underdogs, big underdogs of more than six have uh, certainly done well over the years, uh, profiting uh, backers there because of the fact that, well, they suck. They know they suck. They've got nothing to lose. And most of the time, the public, like we told you to start with, uh, who's never bet college basketball, starts coming in and we all know they love favorites. They're going to start jacking some of these numbers up. They're going to get overinflated, and it does create value for teams that, you know, Arkansas is the perfect, the perfect example, Dan, that we were just talking about. 
You've got Eric Musselman, the head coach of Arkansas. They're going to get out to a lead early, all right? Most every team has against Vanderbilt. The problem is survive in advance, right? If That's Arkansas right. goes to the bench because they're out in double, there is absolutely, with the way Vanderbilt just chucks up threes all the time, there's a big possibility for a backdoor cover. So, you know, that becomes the question with a lot of some of these games in the early round when you have a team that no doubt is better, but will they take their foot off the gas because it is a marathon, not a sprint for some of these teams? That is a shining example. You don't need to win by 20. You don't even need to win by 10. You just need to win and play the next day. There are no more style points at this point, Dane. Absolutely. That's why I said in the first hour, this is this is called survive and advance, not, you know, balls to yep. the wall and cover the spread, <laughs> you yep. know, and and when Absolutely. you talk about, you know, load management is the best way I can talk about it. Right. Because these yep. kids have to play tomorrow if they win. You know, I'm reminded of the Utah State point guard. Farrell, I think, was his name. He, he didn't he didn't they didn't take him out of the game four days in a row. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? And I think that is especially, Joe, you talk about the SEC being a more up-and-down conference, right? Higher pace of play, more threes, higher scoring. That's the profile of team that needs to rest their guys even more. So if Arkansas has, you know, uh, a nine-point lead, as the spread indicates, with a few minutes left, they're going to try and get a blow for their kids so they can be rested and ready to go for the next round of the SEC tournament. Definitely something to watch all week long. The winner has to play tomorrow. Yes, exactly. And there's no reason to push it, which is some, which means backdoor covers for a lot of these big underdogs is firmly in play here. And there are going to be some ugly matchups here tonight. We mentioned a couple in the A-10 at the Barclays Center, which, you know, they can play the game twice and probably never hit enough points to hit the over in those games. Uh, same thing in the Pac-12. There are going to be some ugly games here today. We told you about Utah, Oregon State. Uh, another one, too, is going to be, and I think there's tremendous value in this game when you're looking at the Arizona Wildcats, who guys are one of the one of the 10 best teams in the country by far. This is a team, um, you know, that Sean Miller and company have put together out there. They got a couple of seven-footers. They got some dudes who can play in Arizona. And they're taking on a Washington team that is just, they're, they're no good. But you know what they did over the last couple of weeks? They went on the road. They beat Arizona State and Arizona the last time. So what should be a double-digit? spread in this game for Arizona, guys, because Washington is not beating Arizona. Um, but it appears the market it has it at four and a half, four, four and a half. Five so, yeah, five, and it keeps moving up now, obviously. Yeah. But, yes, this should be a 10-point spread. But and let, I'll put it to you this way. Had Washington not beaten Arizona a couple of weeks ago, this would be a 12-point spread. But because they won – recency bias and now the market's like oh well you know they've already beat them once maybe they can beat them again they ain't beaten arizona so plenty of value anything under double digits there's some value backing arizona to take care of business they're not losing to them twice in a row it's not gonna happen fair enough like i said the line has moved a little bit i'm looking yep. at uh the wildcats here as five and a half point favorites now against washington total at 139 again another one of these neutral sites at the t-mobile arena in las vegas but you're right joe arizona is starting to get hot and one of the yep. things i talk about here all the time is coaching 
Sean Miller been there, done that with his blue chip squad. Yep, absolutely correct. And then you've got Stanford Cal coming up tonight, guys. I, uh, you want to talk about ugly. Stanford is a bubble team. Cal is not. Mark Fox, first-year head coach at Cal, did an amazing job this year with a bunch of players that he did not recruit. Um, and they've done well. The problem is they can't score. And Stanford's number one uh, asset is playing defense. They slow the ball down. They are efficient on offense, but they clamp down. Going up against a team in Cal that can't score, guys. They just can't score. They play defense, which is what, what Mark does. He's a defensive-minded head coach. I don't think the total in this game seems way over the top to me. I don't know how yeah. these teams, what is it currently now? 120s? I see 128 and a half, Joe. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, if, if Here's the deal. Cal's going to score 50 points at best. That's what they're going to score against uh, Stanford. Stanford has to win. They don't have to win pretty, but they right. know on the bubble, they've got to make some noise in this conference play here. I don't see how they get to one. I don't, not even close to 130 here in this game tonight, Dane. Joe, can I throw one more thing in there? And, you know, sure. it's a complete unknown. Stanford is one of the universities that have closed their doors because of the coronavirus, Joe. Yes, okay. yes, yep, yep. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, like, are the cheerleaders and band not traveling to this game? Are the mm -hmm. fans not traveling to Vegas for this game? Does that have any impact? You know, I just... There's so much unknown with some of these schools, and we're going to start hearing empty arenas, travel concerns. You know, if I'm kids in Stanford, right, do I want my grandfather coming to the game? Maybe not. You know, maybe I have other things on my mind, and I just have no idea the impact that will have. You're right. Stanford, as a bubble team, needs to make a little hay, win a couple games, not at least underperform in this tournament up against, say, a Syracuse who may overperform, that sort of mm -hmm. thing. That's what they're up against on these bubble teams. But I just I wanted to bring it full circle. Stanford is one of the schools that is, you know, reacting to coronavirus very um, strongly. So I wonder, yep. I just wonder, what does that mean for their staff, for their cheerleaders, for their fans? It's going to be interesting, um, you know, being away like this is going to be right. interesting to see how they perform in a late game tonight, 9 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, the Golden Bears, they did beat Stanford in, in Berkeley this year. The, right. the score of that game was 52-50. Wow. 52-50. All right. That. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, no, I don't think so. I do think there's going to be a lot of ugliness here. I do like Colorado tonight. I will say this uh, to finish up the Pac-12. I think yeah. Colorado's a dark horse to win this tournament in the Pac-12. They are that good. They are that sound. They've hit some bumps, but they're finally healthy now. Do not be shocked if Colorado is one playing for a Pac-12 championship come Sunday this week. Their number is actually, it's a pretty decent number for the future prices there. They can get them like uh, just under double digits, if I'm not mistaken, for the Pac-12 championship. They are definitely, like Oklahoma State, they are, uh, if you're looking for dark horses, that is definitely going to be one of them outside of Oregon. That's interesting. I, you know I like Oregon, Joe. I've been on Oregon for a while. And part of it for me now is because with San Diego State losing, I think mm -hmm. if Oregon runs the table and wins the Pac-12 tournament, 
They could yep. be in line to stay out west as a two seed behind only Gonzaga. But to your point, Joe, what I'm seeing is Colorado as the third choice to win this tournament. Oregon the favorite at plus 120. Then Sean Miller and the Arizona Wildcats, as you've discussed, at plus 250. And then Colorado as the third choice, anywhere between 3-1 to one or 4-1. to one. Switching over to the NBA here tonight, Dane, is there a game that, I mean, some interesting matchups, Utah, Oklahoma City uh, yeah. right now at a, at a small number, New Orleans taking on Sacramento tonight, Sacramento chasing New Orleans for that eighth spot, great second half, they've been on fire, and of course, Denver uh, taking on the Dallas Mavericks here, and of course, the Mavs are playing in the second game of a back-to-back uh, as they host the Nuggets here tonight, uh, is there a game here tonight you're looking at that you like the most? I don't usually do this, Joe, but I'm looking at a big number. I'm looking down in your neck of the woods. I think the Miami Heat, I think the Miami Heat are just too good at home, Joe. Bam out of bio having a great year. I think the Heat are they're 27 and 4 at home. I think they dump truck the Charlotte Hornets tonight. I'm comfortable laying. I think it's nine. I'm comfortable laying that with the Heat, who I think are rolling, especially at home. Yeah, and uh, and do not be surprised if that goes over the number here, a little undervalued at 211, 211 and a half is what it opened up. There is uh, there is going to be, and like you said, they they averaged 117 points at home, uh, the Miami Heat. So I don't know. So if they score their average, what do we need from? Uh, what, what, we don't even need a hundred from Charlotte to be able to hit the over. So I think there's some value in the over in that Miami Heat game tonight against Charlotte. And I'm going to be looking for the uh, the Sixers, and yes, it's a big number, but I'm going to look for the under in this game tonight between the Detroit Pistons and the Sixers. Listen, they're, they just want to win. At this point, Philadelphia is looking to get wins, um, and they're not blowing people out by any stretch of the imagination. So this would be a correlated bet for me where, while yes, it would be nice to see Philadelphia you know, get a 20-point win, uh, I don't know. They just don't have the horses right now in order to be able to do that against a poor Detroit team, and Detroit's going to score 80 points. I don't trust right. Philadelphia to do enough to be able to hit this number of 216 and a half. So, sounds, sounds good. St. Joe's George under at the Barclays Center. Yes, A10, unders. Huge day ahead for you here on the grid, too. Morning afters next. Dane and I will be back tomorrow getting you ready for another full day of conference basketball uh, games. It's going to be a lot of fun. Good luck to you on your plays. Dane and I will see you tomorrow here on the early line. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.